Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year breast cancer survivor myself. I'm a certified life coach and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And Sharon, we're getting closer by the day, aren't we, on that release yeah. of your book? It's I'm so thinking exciting. maybe September. Yeah, yeah it's looking, awesome. looking good. Mm-hmm. And Sharon's also the assistant editor for Breast Cancer Wellness Magazine, and that's that's kind of a new thing. So um, congratulations on that, Sharon. Way to Thank go. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah. So my name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time survivor, and I'm kind of excited because this week on Monday was the the day I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was stage three. I was given a 60% chance to live past five years, and that was 21 years ago. So I'm I'm pretty happy to, (laughs) needless to say, to be here. Um, I'm also a professional speaker, and I'm the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. And Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. But before we move on, I want to tell the tell you something, Sharon. I just got the report for for March. We have a lot of listeners in Sweden, and that's pretty Sweden. cool. Oh, I, I know, that. right? I love that. Yeah. So welcome to our to our Swedish listeners. We we re- really appreciate you guys for tuning in. So thank Absolutely. you for that. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to have a guest today. Her name is uh, Stephanie. Is it McLeod? Yes, yes, McLeod, yes. Okay. (laughs) I I forgot to practice that before we went on air. Darn it. Oh, well. Stephanie is a licensed clinical professional counselor and the owner of Creative Transformations, LLC. She's an art therapist and a breast cancer survivor. So welcome, Stephanie. Oh, thank you uh, to Sharon and Becky for having me on today. I'm well. We're very excited. So honored, and you know, I mean, I think that's pretty interesting. The statistic from Sweden being listening because you know we know breast cancer is a universal issue. It touches people all over the world, and um, you know, when I was going through treatment and I was on my triple negative breast cancer support group page, there'd be women hanging in from all over the world, and it was kind of amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it can be kind of daunting, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And there's something universal about the experience, and so you know. Obviously, as as you all mentioned, I'm an art therapist and a survivor myself, and, you know, it was one of those experiences in my life when I was like, you know, when this is all said and done, I've got to figure out how I can sort of blend my professional and personal experience to help others. Yeah. Stephanie, how long ago were you diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed in September of 2014, so okay. I heard those beautiful words, NED, um, no evidence yeah. of disease, in uh, March of 2015, wrapped up treatment. I was stage 3A, so I had to have it all. <laughs> and triple negative, too. And triple negative, yeah. Which so. is really awesome that you've got the, the no evidence of disease results. So good for you. Oh, my gosh. Yay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very happy. Those yep. first few years are pretty scary for triple negative, so that's that's great news. They can be, you know, and I think in part, you know, 
pouring my my heart into creative transformations has helped me sort of navigate those waters because I'm not, you know, I'm sort of feeling and processing it through. Um, and, uh, you know, but it was such an exciting, you know, thing to hear because, you know, when I first got diagnosed, we were all very concerned. They were concerned, actually, that it was stage four um, cancer, and thank God it wasn't. But my oh, doctor good. was so happy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I, I'm assuming that meant you did have some lymph node involvement. I did. Correct? Yep. Yeah. I did. How, how, how many did you have? I think um, ultimately they found three out of the okay. five sampling, so it wasn't too bad, um, but the tumor had gotten so large it was on the it kind of grew in an unusual place it was within a blood vessel in my breast tissue and so they were concerned initially they're like is this lymphoma or is it breast cancer oh, although interesting. yeah and so um but you know I, I remember prior to going to the doctor and I could you know there was a gap of time between finding the initial lump and getting in to be seen um but I, I could see it, and I was like, oh, gosh. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to quit yeah. coffee and hope this is a caffeine cyst. And <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So you actually found it yourself, it sounds like. I did. Well, you know what I had? I had this week of crazy dreams, and the first dream that I had was that I had breast cancer. And so, oh yeah, and I was like, you know, gosh, that's tough. It's going to be really hard on the boys. <laughs> because um, I'm a mom and, you know, my kids were only five and seven when I was diagnosed. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was intense. And, um, you know, but at the same time, I wasn't completely surprised because my mom unfortunately died from metastatic breast cancer when I was 26. Oh, so, oh that must have been scary when you got your diagnosis, mm-hmm. having that in your background. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like the, I'm re- and we're, we always hate hearing that. So I'm really sorry, Stephanie. That, that had to have been tough. It was to tough, that. you know, but in some respects, it sort of felt like... You know, so I had, of course, uh, so many different responses to having cancer. Um, one of them was like this deep peacefulness of like, okay, well, I've carried around this question in my backpack of, will I get cancer for so long? And so it was like that right. question got resolved. And so, <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, check. And um, you know, and and so, anyways, and then there was this other piece of me that's like, okay, well, I guess I always have been an experiential learner, <laughs> for better or worse, and, <laughs> you know, so when I, you know, get through all of this, I'm going to help people, you know, and, and I think having, you know, processed my mom's death, I mean, that's really what got me into the field of art therapy was, okay. um, you know, she had died, I'd been one of her caregivers, and, um, I mean, she was one of my best friends, so it was a term tremendous mm-hmm. loss um, yeah. but it also helped me to grow and develop and become the her, human I am today so I can't say that I'm I don't know you know it is what it is and so um, so you know I, I began to really pick up on like the various ways that we experience loss and grief um, became very sensitized to that and so uh, you know then when I got cancer myself I was like okay 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess so, what? Can, you, can I ask you? Can I ask you a quick question? And sure. You don't have to answer this, um, but well, you know, with your mom having had cancer and then yeah. passing from that, and then you having cancer, yeah. have you done any of the genetic testing? And does it run deeper in your family? It does. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, so my mom and her biological sister, my aunt, they were both diagnosed at the age of 43. And my mom passed away just after turning 51. Like she had a period of remission. She was in remission for like five or six years. Um, And then my aunt, you know, 30 years later, she's still here with us and has never had cancer again. Um, Oh, okay. I know, kind of incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd gone, when I was 30, I'd gone to meet with a genetic counselor and I was eligible for testing. And I sort of, I was like, you know what, like, I don't think I I want that right now. but certainly that was part of my treatment was getting tested. And by that point, mm-hmm. once I had cancer, I was like, yeah, I need to know. Um, and yeah. I do. I'm a BRCA2 um, gene carrier. So. You are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, do okay. you, and you said you have children. So, I do. So that's always a concern, you know, when you're a carrier, um, you yeah. know, that you couldn't pass that down, which is, you know, exactly. crazy. But it is the fact of life. It and even is. though they're boys, they can, you know, it can still be carried to them. And about what? What do they say, Sharon? Is it fifty percent of that was your fifty percent chance that that exactly. could pass? So, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's always oh, something yeah. to think about, and it's not never an easy decision because there are so many factors that go into that decision. Right. I had girls, I've boys and girls. I got five, okay. but oh, I had goodness. a tough yeah. time with that decision. Yeah, because you know, what do you do with the information if you find yeah. out? Totally. So yeah, it's, so it's really anyway, interesting. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I mean, definitely, and like when I hear, you know, I have my little boys, and they know that I have a genetic mutation, and so you know, Diego, my oldest, who's like my little, he's my little. I don't know, philosopher, soul, spiritual soul <laughs> what boy. What a cute you know? name, Diego. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, Mom, one day I might have cancer. And he just sort of mm-hmm. stated it matter-of-factly. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's well. true, you might. And, you know, but here are some things that you can do to take care of yourself in the event that mm-hmm. that happens. You know, like... Yeah. We, you exactly. know, we can't avoid, and I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad at 30 that I didn't know because that might have influenced my decision to have children. Mm-hmm. And I kind Good of feel point. like, you know, yeah. the two things we know in life is that we're born and that we will die eventually. And I think, like, why, you know, like, that's a factor. So, but I can't imagine my life without my boys and I can't imagine having gotten through cancer without without their support you know so anyway yeah it's amazing isn't it so let's just switch gears a little bit and find out a little bit about creative transformations yeah so creative transformations I had gotten through you know treatment and you know had done plenty of reading and like reflecting on my mom's own experience of ending treatment. And so I knew that's like a very emotional time for people. Um, I mean, first of all, you're physically very, yeah, you know, you're gone, your body's been through so much and all of a sudden you're you're really feeling it. Um, So I was going to, you know, a conference for young women with breast cancer. And on the way home, I was like, I need to do something. I just want to be able to reach out to people and meet them where they're at because I think 
you know, lots of times you know you need support and you might be so fatigued from the treatment experience. So I was like, I'm going to start blogging because I like to write and I'm going to craft some individual sessions in which I can, you know, work with people in person or over the internet to teach them how to use art and meditation to heal. And I want to do workshops. And so it just sort of started percolating, um, and and therefore it was born and yeah um, isn't that isn't that great I mean yeah I love you know when you can take uh, an experience like cancer yeah and then really turn it around for good and yeah. use your God-given talents and skills and yeah. and and to really bless other people I just I love that it's huge and you know I've been a caregiver so it's like I really understand what it's like to be in that you know support person caregiving role as well as as being the person going through the rigmarole of treatment, diagnosing, et cetera. So I felt like, you know, this is important information to share. And so Absolutely. I kind of feel like, you know, the work that I do can, of course, be of benefit to um, cancer patients, but also their loved ones um, to kind of get them, uh, you know, a perspective of like, what's my loved one going through uh, now that they've finished mm-hmm. treatment or even in the middle of treatment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so l- let's talk about like the benefit for the cancer community because I know what you're speaking to really rings true to me, and that's basically why I've been writing this book, uh, right. Thriving Beyond Cancer. Yeah, because it is this time when you're kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Just wait around for the cancer to come back, right? right. And mm-hmm. and a lot of times your support system has kind of like. A, gone on to live their lives you know they're not so concerned about yours Um, and so you're kind of left in this kind of very odd place and so it sounds like that's where you're kind of targeting too which is great Yes, yes. I mean, I feel like, you know, our oncologists and breast surgeons or, you know, whatnot, the radiation staff, like they're excellent in um, diagnosing and treating and getting us through cancer treatment, but they're not experts in mental health. And so it would be my dream that, uh, you know, a, a therapist or a coach become a, a part of the team from day one. But until that happens... I'm happy to help fill the void. And it sounds like, you know, that was one of the reasons why you all started Breast Friends of Oregon. It is. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, Stephanie, let me let me ask you a question. Because I know whenever sure. you start something new, and, you know, when Sharon and I started Breast Friends, it wasn't a, a walk in the park. You know, uh-huh. there's a lot of challenges that, that kind of get in the way. And so, for you, when starting your your program, Creative Transformations. What are some of the greatest challenges you faced then and now? We have about four minutes until break. So okay, good um, to know. <laughs> go ahead and expand on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, like I peruse the internet a little bit, but I really had to become an expert on things like social media and how to build a website. I mean, I've done it a very sort of... Um, pioneer style, which is certainly, I'm a curious person to begin with, um, but at times it's been pretty exhausting, Um, you know, but as I've started really connecting with others in the, um, who are in similar roles, it's like it's so invigorating at the same time, Um, or when I 
speak with my oncologist and they're like, oh, you know, some of our patients went to your workshop and they came to us like with tears of joy because it touched their souls. You know, you're like, okay, (laughs) that's so (laughs) the fire, you know, because it's a leap of faith. Like, I hope. I hope, you know, this is helping people and I'm going to sort of put myself out there and be vulnerable, but, you know, ultimately you just hope you can reach people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's yeah. always a challenge because, you know, we're, you have to find them and you have to relate yeah. to them and it's it's a, it's a little bit challenging, um, but exactly. social media seems to be a big hand in some of this stuff, huh, yeah. Sharon? When we started, it was not oh, a I thing. So, I know. We've had to know. kind of re- rethink some of the things we do, too, yeah. you know, just yeah. because of that and, and like, you know, putting this book together is like yeah. if you don't have a platform, right? It's right. like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I don't even know what that meant a few, like, two years ago, right? <laughs> I know. Yes, it's so true. And I've learned about the platform, too, because I've got this art therapy workbook idea for breast cancer survivors and so, or, you know, people going through treatment. And I'm like, okay, platform, good to know. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah you got to have a platform. Otherwise, <laughs> nobody will touch you. Yeah. And then even yeah. if you do self-publish, right. you know, you yeah. still have to have an audience, basically. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. obviously with Breast Friends, um, yeah. you know, Becky has her book as well. And, yeah. you know, it's it's helpful um, to be able to sell it. But but at the same time, you know, it's you've got to reach them when they are ready to yeah. even think about these kinds of things. I and, know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think meeting people where they're at, it's like, it's a challenge in a, in a certain degree. Um, but I also sort of feel like, you know, that's been at the crux of my work, I think, as a therapist that I've been most successful in is like, I feel very comfortable, uh, you know, getting to know people from all walks of life and trying to assess what's going on for them and to try to find gentle ways to open and begin that conversation. Because I think yeah. once you begin to create a little bit of connection, it's like it's beautiful to watch that unfold. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. another reason why I wanted to be able to reach out to people is like I think we can feel a lot of shame or isolation in our... Um, you know, post-treatment, quote-unquote, survivorship, because it's like, I'm supposed to feel happy and relieved. And <laughs> you like, know, Stephanie, this is a really yeah. big topic, and so let's yeah. pick this up on the other side of the okay. break, because I, we really need to delve into that, because that is a huge issue. So right. we are going to take a quick break. We hope you'll stay with us, and we'll I be will. back in a couple of minutes. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. 
Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high-risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking to our guest, Stephanie McLeod Estevez, about healing from cancer. So you were really starting to talk about those emotional issues that we all end up going through, especially after we have finished our formal treatment. And so I really want to just jump right back into that part, Stephanie. So let's, let's just talk about that deep emotional impact on all of us. Absolutely. So I think um, shortly after beginning Creative Transformations, I had been out on a run and I was doing my cool down. And I don't know if you remember that song by Soul to Soul, Back to Life, Back to Reality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can you sing a bar uh, or two? It was like, yeah. yeah so I used to go to, um, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, back to life. Back to reality. Reality, yes. Right? And I think that that's what most of us anticipate feeling like, and that's what our loved ones want us to feel like. You know, uh, you're back to life, back to reality. Like, thank God, boom, boom, that's done. And, you know, and so anyway, so I was was so struck by that notion of, of, sure, we want to be there, but... You know, to get there, we have to allow ourselves to process what we've been through. And so um, I have this little snippet from the blog um, that I've been writing that was in response to that. Imagine this. You have been in an intense period of treatment in which attending doctor's appointments becomes almost a full-time job. Your body feels like it has become public property for the amount of time that is poked, prodded, examined, and received intervention. With good fortune, you have hopefully had an intensive and responsive medical team, plus received support from family, friends, and community to help you and your family to survive the ordeal. You have been doing active treatment to address a serious problem, and while the side effects may have been draining, it still feels like you're working on a solution, which feels empowering. And all of a sudden, it's done. 
This period of intense focus, numerous appointments, and intervention has ended, and hopefully you are in place of remission. You are relieved as well as your community of support, but now you are in a place of unanticipated confusion, asking yourself, what has just happened to me? The adrenaline that you use to stay the course has begun to dissipate, and in its wake are the thoughts, feelings, experiences you couldn't fully process because you needed to make it through it. And frequently, your loved ones don't understand because they are just so happy that it's done, and now you all can get back to life, back to reality. That is brilliant. And Stephanie, there was a a two-word phrase in there that I love, and I wrote down, unanticipated confusion. Yes. That that is so right on. So true, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you come out of this thing, and everybody expects you to be great and happy and back to life and mm-hmm. and you're going whoa wait no I, I'm not done and I don't know what's wrong you know it's it's yeah. it's crazy it's a crazy time and yes. I, yes. I love that I'm, I, may I borrow mm-hmm. that I'll give you credit yes, of <laughs> well and what what I find too Stephanie is again we have spent the last what four six maybe even 12 months minimizing what we've gone through for everybody yeah. else yeah. So they're comfortable with what we're going through. Yeah. And then it's over. And yeah. we really haven't taken the time, in most cases, to really process those emotions. Right. And and so all of a sudden, sometimes they, they sneak up on us. They bubble up in inappropriate mm-hmm. times. And, yep. And, and, yeah. And so unless you really... Take some time and give yourself permission to really kind of go there. It, it's it's a tough journey that that after cancer stuff. It really, really is. And in the face of it, you're also facing this unknown of like, could it come back? Oh, you yeah. know, and and again, it's like not only do I have all this stuff that I really haven't dealt with, and it's impacting my body because I'm physically depleted. I have you know remaining side effects. I need that to heal it in and of itself. You know, your mind is likely um, confronted with lots of thoughts and feelings. Your spirit is affected, independent of your religious beliefs, because all of a sudden your safety net has been completely removed, and it's like, okay, I'm looking over the edge, and then our sense of identity. So it's mm-hmm. it's a whammy, you know? It's not just it is. one or two angles here. Um, yeah. No, and sure. I think even your innocence, you know, the yes. fact that, because I know I was 40 when I was diagnosed, yes. and I'm like, boom, out of the blue, you know, something like this mm-hmm. happens, and it feels like your body has betrayed you. Yeah. And, yes. and you, you know, it's like the fact that you're when you're 40, unless unless you've really lost somebody very close to you recently, you don't really yes. think about death and dying. No. And then, boom, you kind of do. You don't have much choice. It's right, right in your face. And it's in your face, and, and it's probably not in the face of many of your peers. So it's right. like... They can't really relate. I mean, and some of your peers may have even pulled away because they are having their own death anxiety watching you go through this, and they're yes. not quite sure how to handle it themselves. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a conundrum. <laughs> it really sure. is. Yeah, it, it, it can be really tough. So I have my opinion about this. But from your yeah. perspective, why do you think so many people struggle with that transition from being an inactive treatment to survivorship? Do you think it's similar to what I was saying or do you have your own perspective on that? Well, I, I definitely agree with your perspective, and I'd like to add that, you know, again, our oncology teams are amazing, um, and they might be able to play, play lip service to the survivorship piece, but they have to move on, and so it's like no one's really helping you sort through that unless you're um, actively seeking help yourself, and so, um, so there's that piece, but then the other piece is that... Um, similar to, you know, veterans coming back from a war-torn country, there's, you know, PTSD, there's trauma there um, because, you know, again, like we've confronted a life-threatening situation and, you know, we have sort of internalized different cues, different triggers um, that hold all that um, tension that we have faced. And Mm -hmm. so that's that's the other piece is that, you know, ultimately um, we do feel traumatized and who was expecting that you know what I mean yeah um, oh yeah. yeah no you can't you can't plan for that you can't put no. that on your to-do list <laughs> no no and then you know you have to like go through the rigors of like still having your blood drawn and wondering what the what it's going to tell the doctors and so you're like constantly confronting you know the mechanisms that found your cancer and monitored it in the first place mm-hmm. true um and then you, know. you spend so much time worrying about every ache and pain being mm-hmm. cancer again. So it's just, totally. it's not something that, you know, until you go through cancer, you, those right. thoughts never cross your mind. So exactly, totally get that. You know, yeah. Stephanie, can we change gears again yeah. for a moment? Sure. And I, I know that one of the things that you really do to help cancer patients get through this time yeah. is through art therapy. Now, my, yeah. I've had one experience with art therapy. Okay. Let me just tell you briefly. I was yeah. at, at school and I took a art therapy class, one class. It okay. was part of a you know curriculum thing. I was going through different you know modes of healing. Yeah. And we had to do a little drawing. So I did a little quick drawing with just mm-hmm. really quick. It was like a squiggle. And when I looked yeah. at the squiggle... It reminded me of of a ballet dancer. Okay. And then that reminded me of when I was little and I would dance around my house and it annoyed people. (laughs) (laughs) And these deep kind of crazy thoughts came to me that, you know, I was kind of this obnoxious little kid that was annoying, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents because I was always bopping around the house doing that. Mm -hmm. So is is that what it is or is it more than that? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I... I think what you speak to is how the power of a doodle or a squiggle can take you somewhere. You were transported in that moment. You know, I'm sure you didn't go in with it like, I would like to process how annoying I was to my parents by representing my ballerina (laughs) self. (laughs) You know what I mean? So look, that one simple symbol, I mean, it took you somewhere, you know? And, And maybe that wasn't like the deep burning issue in your life at that time, but it had something important to say. And so I think, like, you know, when we are traumatized, 
um, uh, well, again, or been through a traumatic experience because not everybody wants to call it that. Um, you know, we have sensations, we have images, we have um you know, unaddressed feelings, and they can bubble up, and lots of times they're not super verbal. And mm-hmm. so, okay. you know, while, while talking about it is helpful, you know, art allows you to dig in and sort of be with it. And so, um, you know, and lots of times we're afraid to go there. And so I think about, you know, this process of what um, a therapist would call titration. Like uh, we want to titrate, like I lean in to the experience, feel it for a while, and then we want to trust that we can pull back. And so when we engage with art um, through guidance, we find new ways of like leaning into this pain or suffering that we've experienced, hanging out with it, sort of like a friend who's in trouble, and then pulling back from it and going going back onto your regular life. And being safe. Yeah. And being that safe make, that about it. Yeah. 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 And so I don't have you don't have to be an artist then is what I'm hearing. So no, you know, not at all. Mm-mm. And I think that's why I've kind of avoided the concept of it because yeah. Sharon's an artist. I'm, yeah. I'm a writer, okay. more of a writer yeah. than an artist. But um, I, it's just it's always kind of scared me. And it wasn't yeah. until I took that class that I was kind of required to take yeah. that it yes. that I realized I'm not an artist, but it still had meaning to me. Exactly. And, yeah, so, no, and yeah, most people do that. worry, like, oh, my God, I'm terrible at art. And I was like, that's not the point. Like, this is, <laughs> I like to call it process art. Like, literally, you're trying oh. to interpret your internal landscape, like what's going on inside, and put it outside. Um, and in part, it's, you want to do that because it. You're literally being curious about who you are and what you're experiencing it and then simultaneously getting a little bit of distance from something. And let's mm-hmm. face it, when we get a little bit of a distance from our pain, we kind of like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, oh. for sure. So to me, yeah. language is more um, left-brained and then yeah. so this is more right-brained. Right. Is that, is that yeah. kind of right? Yeah. It is. Okay. And I sort of think about, you know, ultimately we all want to feel um, empowered and powerful and you know our right brain our creative mind that is often linked to our most deepest intuitive knowledge and so when we begin to form a relationship with it through I like this process of visual journaling that I teach people Mm -hmm. then you begin to really form a much stronger you know more confident connection to that piece and it begins to be able to speak to you more directly Um, Mm -hmm. you know so lots of times when I'm with people you know they'll go through their like art anxiety um, (laughs) you know which is totally normal and I validate that and I say well you know what mean art teacher did you have in your past (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sharon you got it you got to tell your story I know we're we're running up to the break here pretty soon but you got to tell your story about your your imperfect art Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. that was uh, very telling, actually, mm-hmm. to me. I was taking a, a painting class at Merrillhurst, and it was, of course, during a very, very busy season uh, when we were working, and, of course, there was no straight way of getting there, so traffic was bad, and so by the time you got there, you were all wound up, you know, yeah. from... 
all stress. And of course, then you're supposed to switch on your, you know, right brain and let the creativity flow, right? Mm-hmm, totally. Like, <laughs> and, ooh, so, I'm an <laughs> and so um, this one particular um, uh, instruction we had, we were looking at a still life of these, you know, piece of fruit in a basket. No big yeah. deal, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at this thing and thinking, okay, well, I can, I can give this a shot. Well, then there was a twist. Then she said, okay, now I really want you to look at this and then change it to black and white. And then you're recording it on the paper as black and white. And I'm like, okay. whoa, okay, that makes it a little more challenging. Yeah. And so, so then we walk out and I'm thinking, dang, I did a pretty good job, you know, and I'm feeling good about this. It actually almost looks like what I was looking at, but in yeah. black and white. Come back the next week again, same thing, bad traffic you know, rushing, you know, and I get there and everything's still set up from the last week. Like we just walked out two minutes ago and our assignment was to paint over the top of our black and white to the color. Wow. And I'm like, but I like my black and white. Uh, (laughs) All right. And so I tried it and I'm getting through, I'm about halfway through and I'm getting emotional. The tears mm-hmm. are about ready to flow because I am screwing this thing up royal. And here oh. I had thought I had done such a good job the last week. And this time I am just screwing it up. I mm-hmm. literally had to leave the class, yeah. walk out and have a conversation with myself about what was going on. Why was I feeling so much anxiety and why I was so angry at myself? Yeah. It was all about about not being good enough. It was all about being oh. perfect and not, you know, meeting my own expectations. And right. so I literally had to have this conversation about, you know what? It's a piece of paper. I can go in there and go crunch, 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 crunch and yeah. throw it away if I want to. <laughs> and it's okay. Yeah. And I was able to get through the assignment it wasn't as good as I would have liked but I at least went back in I felt like I was at least brave to go back in because it was so (laughs) just to get my car and go (laughs) I'm out of here you know and that was good like internal parenting that you did you know that 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 perfectionistic side was really having a hard time and you're like it's okay I was really struggling with that. So I know when we use like art or vision boards Mm -hmm. or anything like that, it it just really allows us to kind of, I guess, see and kind of grab some of that stuff that that is sometimes we don't even know. I've done vision boards before and I'm like. Wow, I didn't even look at look at this kind of consistent theme that came out of this that I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even aware of when I sat down to do this. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, ladies, we have we have really need to kind of go out to break again and there is so much more to talk about with art therapy. So, we're going to pick this up on the other side of the break. So, stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Perfect. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. 
please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. Uh, we've been with our guest, Stephanie McLeod Estevez, and we've been talking all about art therapy and cancer and how they work together. And we do have a few more questions, but before we do, I want to just acknowledge Aaron. Aaron is our engineer who brings us in and out of breaks. He plays the music. He gets everything queued up right on time. So, Aaron, are you there? Are you listening to me right now? Of course I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just want to say thank you for all the work that you do to make this show go so so flawlessly. So, thank you for all of your hard work. We appreciate it. Thank you. I just love being a part of it. Oh, good. Well, yay. All right. Well, Stephanie, back to you. Um, You know, we've been talking about the benefit of art therapy, and we know that when you're recovering from something as as traumatic as cancer or some other life-threatening situation or some serious grief or loss, we know it works there. What are there benefits to people who maybe haven't had that really deep trauma that maybe that they're even aware of, you know, does it work for other people? It does, you know, because really like, um, so, so the, what I created for cancer survivors, which is this technique of visual journaling and looking at healing the mind, body, spirit, and self, but like really it's, it's, um, you know, even if you haven't had traumatic experience, like most of us have something we need to process, you know, a tough day, a, a hard conversation at work, that sort of thing. And, and you know, so it, it really is like a form of internally like dialoguing with yourself. So mm-hmm. it can give us perspective on situations. I mean, I've used it like with other clinicians to help us look at our clinical work and how we might be able to help someone else better. Um, I've used it for with people of all ages, you know, from young ones to, um, you know, my 
a client in her 70s. So, How young? What, what's considered the right age to start doing something like this? I mean, you know... Children are, are very open to expressing what's going on. You can say, hey, draw me a picture of your family. And then often it can right. be for yeah. diagnostic. So really as, as early as you can um, communicate mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay. understand simple directions. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, even that yeah. age can, can benefit from this. Yeah, Well, that, that's well, kind of like that little squiggle drawing I did that took me back to something in my childhood that yeah. I honestly hadn't ever even thought about until right. I did that and it brought it brought me to that place I yeah. didn't like you said I didn't do anything to process that but right. you know it just kind of was there so yeah fortunately it wasn't that traumatic so I was able to let that one go exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> so how does art therapy help help a cancer patient specifically can you go a little deeper into that sure so um for example um you know, we talked earlier about feeling betrayed by our bodies. Um, when you've had a cancer diagnosis, that's a pretty common experience, emotional experience. And so, you know, where do you go with that? Like, we can't, like, stay forever feeling that way towards our bodies. So, you know, in the sessions I've designed, there's sort of a preparation guide, and through that, there are these questions, open-ended questions, to try to help identify, like, what are your um, blocks? Like, what are you struggling with related to your body or related to your mind or your spirit or yourself? And, um, you know, one session isn't going to clear that up. So the idea is I'm going to, we're going to meet together and then um, go through the experience of identifying a block, thinking about, how that feels to even just witness it on the paper. Does it give you in some sort of inspiration for how you can help heal yourself or at least some distance from the pain mm-hmm. um, and then develop sort of the ability to um, accept what has happened to us but still see ourselves as whole. And so, you know, if someone, you know, begins doing this and allows themselves sort of this, like, daily release, like, after my mom died and I was in graduate school, like, it was really good and it was really hard, you know, like, I had so much that I still needed to process from that loss and I think I spent the first, like, every night, my first year of graduate school, like, crying and drawing, crying and drawing, crying and drawing Mm -hmm. because I needed to release it all. You know what I mean? And I finally found this amazing mechanism, and it was so powerful. And and I was transformed by the time that that ended. Now, I still had work to do. I mean, but, you know, at least I found this great place to meet up with myself in a therapeutic sense. So, you know, what I've designed is, is, is great for someone who wants to do it on their own. It can also help them in their own therapy outside of the work that, we do to really begin to identify what's happening because again that unanticipated confusion that can last for long periods of time um, unless bet, we, yeah you know unless we start giving ourselves a vehicle for um, sorting through it mm-hmm. yeah that makes well, let sense. me ask you one other question here yeah. on art therapy specifically yeah you know it's hard for me to kind of visualize what a session might might 
look like or do. So can you give us an example of how you might apply art therapy in a session with with your patients? Okay. Yeah. So um, often we do like a check-in and say like what's been going on, what have your your stumbling blocks been? And and typically um, I'm trying to think of um, this one woman was feeling a lot of anxiety. Um, She has, you know, um, a later stage cancer and she's doing well in treatment, but she's concerned that perhaps she's seeing signs of things getting um, advancing. Progressing, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so um, she had been really feeling a lot of panic and what was trying to do the things that used to help her, but it was so strong, the feeling that she wasn't even able to really engage in those coping skills. And so, okay. you know, we put... So I was like, okay, can you show me what your anxiety looks like? Like, choose a color. Um, And then what type of marks represent that anxiety? And so she began to engage with it. And as Mm. she engaged with it... um, she she had she went from a place of being very tearful, very upset, to settling in and thinking about it, and then processing. And she took it from this one nugget that we started off with, and made it through a series of steps. And at wow. the end of the session, she was calmer, and she's like, "Okay, I'm I'm still a little skeptical." And I was like, "I get that, and I'm not asking you to buy in completely, but." why don't you just see if this helps you over the next two weeks before you go and meet with your oncologist? And she did. That's great. Good. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's, those wonderful. Are, those, that's a very good way of visualizing that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I want, I wanted to say something that you said, you, you, you said something like, I can't, uh, you, we can't stay feeling like that forever. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately we actually can, yeah. um, but, but we get sicker, right? Yeah. Um, and so this is a choice, and I want to make yeah. sure that people understand that 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 you can you can stay in your you know uh, crazy place if you want. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> if you, you can. want to, right? <laughs> but but this is a process, and it yeah. can be painful. It can yeah. be hard because just like Becky was talking about, it can bring up other stuff that she never yeah. really expected. Yeah. Um. But but I think it is a healthy process, a yeah. healthy way of getting through some of that grief and loss. And as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of that around cancer. Yeah. And and, and it will help you get through those emotional blocks that we... Yeah. I guess put up to protect ourselves, but yeah. really they're not—they're not really protecting us um, for the long term. Exactly, like short-term benefits with a very long-term cost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I always, and, I always say denial is a great thing for a little while. <laughs> right. We need it. It, you know? it started off for a reason. You know, we can't feel everything yeah. the entire time. You know, because we do have to function. But exactly. You know. Um, the more we push it away, the bigger the lion gets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's figure out uh, if somebody wanted to yeah. get involved with uh, with your um, sessions, this yeah. creative formations transformation. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, how would they do that? And and you know, just tell us a little bit about that. So you know, probably the first step would be to visit the website, which is creative-transformations.com. Um, there you have access to my blog, um, and I 
like I mentioned, I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, but I do have a tab there called Services, and there's some descriptions of the different things that I do. Um, I am doing some cancer coaching in addition to the art therapy program. But really, I think it all begins with a conversation. So people can email me. They can call me. They can fill out my little, like, contact form on the website, and then I can give them a call and say, hey, what's going on, and how might I be of service to you? Great. And is your your blog on your website, too? It is, yep. It's on the, like, main page of the website. So, and I think, like, I've identified categories. So, like, if you click on a a recent post, once you're looking at that, you'll be able to see the other categories. I'm I'm blogging on my, my whole mantra is healing the body, mind, self, and spirit. So, you can look at, like, what are my different categories and and bounce around to other other ones I've written. And also the loved ones or caregivers can use yes. this kind of uh, service as well. So they same same kind can. of thing. You've got blog entries for that, and yes, okay. Yep. So and, you know, sometimes- Stephanie, we're we're yeah. down to the last couple minutes. Sure. So okay. can we can we? I just want to move on to one other because I, I don't want people yes. to to miss out on this, and and I really think this is important. What are the recommendations you would make to the oncology community about improving survivorship services? I, I think that's so key, and I'm sure you have some ideas on that. Absolutely. I did a study uh, or as a participant, and when we were going over the results with, on a national level, I said, you know, you need an expert in there. You need either a social worker, a therapist, a psychologist who is in there from the beginning introducing, you know, the emotional side of cancer and then helping to assess what is most needed for that person mm-hmm. to be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, so- Sharon and I have, kind of, when we first went through our journeys, so long ago I don't think that that really was a a major component of the care from the medical perspective but do you feel like they're getting better at that because it seems like they are here in Portland um, Portland Oregon anyway they are Um, I do think they are I do but I think you know if you don't score high enough on the distress you know, you know how you have to fill out that like check-in form about your nausea and fatigue and hair loss right, and hot flashes, right, right. right? And like, are you anxious? How's your well-being? So, I mean, I was a very high-functioning person and I did well enough, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you don't ha- score high enough, you're not going to get access necessarily to the social worker, and I think that's, that's a problem. True. Yeah. So you maybe know. some if some clinics aren't adding don't have that on their checklist that they should yeah. probably add that. Definitely. So. Definitely. Well, listen, let, let's just one more time. Why don't you repeat your um web address because believe sure. it or not, we are we are getting it we're out of time. So, uh, um we this has been great, but let's go ahead and repeat your your web address and sure. then I we're going to say thank you to you. Great. So, Thanks for, for having me and my sure. web address is creative- transformations.com Excellent. Well, Stephanie, you've been uh, you've given us some really good eye-opening information, gave gave us some really great phrasing that we can borrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule and just, you know, you've done a great job. Sharon, do you have a, a one minute no, not even. You got 20 seconds to say thanks to Sharon. <laughs> well, I am I'm just thrilled that we had the opportunity to t- chat with you, Stephanie, because uh, you sound like a born breast friend to me. <laughs> You're right. 
in our in our wheelhouse. Oh, I <laughs> so love thank it. Thank you. Thank you so much. So for all of our listeners out there, um, we really thank you for tuning in and for downloading however you're hearing our, our story. Um, but we do thank you for being part of our family and staying tuned in with us. So we will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.